ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then, 118, إن من الدعوات العظيمة النافعة التي كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يلازم المحافظة عليها كل صباح ما ثبت في مسند الإمام أحمد وسنن ابن ماجة من حديث أم سلمة رضي الله عنها So another one of the great and beneficial duas and supplications that the Prophet ﷺ used to guard over every morning is what has been established in the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad and the Sunan of Ibn Majah from the Hadith of Umm Salama radiyallahu anha she said, أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقول إذا صلى الصبح حين يسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to say after the Fajr prayer in the morning after giving the salam from the Fajr prayer after that he would say اللهم إِنِّي أَسْأَلُكَ عِلْمًا نَافِعًا وَرِزْقًا طَيِّبًا وَعَمَلًا مُتَقَبَّلًا So she mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ after finishing the Fajr prayer and giving the salam, he would say, Oh Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge. I ask you for beneficial knowledge and for good sustenance and provisions and for the accepted actions. وَمَنْ يَتَأَمَّلُ هَذَا الدُّعَاءَ الْعَظِيمِ يَجِدُ أَنَّ الْإِتْيَانَ بِهِ فِي هَذَا الْوَقْتِ بَعْدَ صَلَاةِ الصُّبْحِ فِي غَايَةِ الْمُنَاسَبَةِ and if you think about this particular dua and the meaning behind it, then it is very appropriate to be read in the morning after the Fajr prayer. لِأَنَّ السُّبْحِ هُوَ بِدَايَةُ الْيَوْمِ وَمُفْتَتَحَ Because the morning prayer is the بِدَايَةُ الْيَوْمِ It is the start of the day. وَمُفْتَتَحُهُ and the opening of the day, وَالْمُسْلِمُ لَيْسَ لَهُ مَطْمَعْ فِي يَوْمِهِ إِلَّا تَحْصِيلَ هَذِهِ الْأَهْدَافِ الْعَظِيمَةِ وَالْمَقَاصِدَ الْجَلِيلَةِ الْمَذْكُورَةِ فِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ So in that time in the morning, a Muslim has his objectives, and his objectives at that time are none other, than these great affairs mentioned in this hadith, that in that day you want to gain beneficial knowledge, and in that day you want to gain the halal income and rizq, and in that day you want to be doing actions that are accepted by Allah. Those are your objectives and those are your goals, and so it is an appropriate thing to have those objectives and have those goals and make that supplication early in the morning. وَهِيَ الْعِلْمُ النَّافِعُ وَالرِّزْقَ الطَّيِّبُ وَالْعَمَلَ الْمُتَقَبَّلُ وَكَأَنَّهُ فِي افْتِتَاحِهِ لِيَوْمِهِ بِذِكْرِ هَذِهِ الْأُمُورِ الثَّلَاثَةِ دُونَ غَيْرِهَا يُحَدِّدُ أَهْدَافَهُ وَمَقَاصِدَهُ فِي يَوْمَهُ So the fact that 
In the morning after Fajr, you make this dua by mentioning these three specific things. The beneficial knowledge, the halal and good income, and the accepted actions. It is as though you are then focusing in on these primary objectives. وَلَا رَيْبَ أَنَّ هَذَا أَجْمَعْ لِقَلْبِ الْإِنسَانِ وَأَضْبَطْ لِسَيْرِهِ وَمَسْلَكِهِ And that no doubt is better for a person to then be focused on specific objectives and goals for that day. بخلاف, بخلاف من يصبح دون أن يستشعر أهدافه وغاياته ومقاصده التي يعزم على القيام بها في يومه Contrary to the one who wakes up in the day, wakes up in the morning and has no goals or objectives in mind, wakes up and doesn't have any purpose for that day, any goal for that day, doesn't think about the beneficial knowledge he wants to gain or the righteous worship and actions he wants to do or the rizq that he wants to attain in the halal way, a person who doesn't have any specific goals and objectives, then his day is just here and there, without any real thought process and objective in it. وَنَجِدْ الْمُعْتَنِينَ بِالتَّرْبِيَةِ وَالْآدَابِ يُوصُونَ بِتَحْدِيدِ الْأَهْدَافِ فِي كُلِّ عَمَلٍ يَقُومُ بِهِ الْإِنسَانِ And when they teach you, those people, those uh, who are in that field of uh, explaining how a person should set up his schedules, how a person should set up his timetables, they always tell you to do that, to have certain goals and targets and objectives to try and aim for, because that then focuses the mind of the person. وَفِي كُلِّ سَبِيلٍ يَسْلُكُ لِيَكُونَ ذَلِكَ أَدْعَى لِتَحْقِيقِ أَهْدَافِهِ It's because having those targets then makes it uh, more likely to attain those goals, as opposed to somebody who has no goals and has no targets, وَأَسْلَمْ مِنَ التَّشَتُّتِ وَالْإِرْتِبَاكِ And when you have specific targets, then your mind is focused on those affairs as opposed to being here and there, all over the place without any real methodology you're working on. وَمَا مِنْ شَكٍ أَنَّ مَنْ يَسِيرُ وَفْقَ أَهْدَافٍ مُحَدَّدَ وَمَقَاصِدَ مُعِيَّنَ أَكْمَلُ وَأَضْبَطُ وَأَسْلَمُ مِمَّنْ يَسِيرُ دُونَ تَحْدِيدِ أَهْدَافٍ So a person who doesn't have any goals or objectives, doesn't have any targets in his mind for the day, then he's going to end up his day being here and there, left and right, all over the place, without real targets. But a person who makes those targets, has those objectives, has those goals, then he knows what he's doing during that day and what he needs to be focusing on. وَالْمُسْلِمُ لَيْسَ لَهُ فِي يَوْمِهِ بِأَجْمَعِهِ بَلْ لَيْسَ فِي أَيَّامِهِ كُلِّهَا إِلَّا طَمَعْ فِي تَحْصِيلِ هَذِهِ الْأَهْدَافِ الثَّلَاثَ وَتَكْمِيلِهَا وَنَيْلِهَا مِنْ أَقْرَبِ وَجْهٍ وَأَحْسَنِ الطَّرِيقِ And these three objectives that are mentioned in this hadith, that is the objective that a Muslim has, that you have the objective of achieving and gaining beneficial knowledge, You have the objective of gaining the halal income and rizq. And you have the objective of your worship being accepted by Allah. وَعَلَى هَذَا فَمَا أَجْمَلَ أَنْ يُفْتَتَحَ الْيَوْمُ بِذِكْرِ هَذِهِ الْأُمُورِ ثَلَاثَةَ الَّتِي تُحَدِّدُ أَهْدَافَ الْمُسْلِمِ فِي يَوْمِهِ وَتُعِيِّنُ غَايَاتِهِ وَمَقَاصِدَهِ So then how good it is and how beautiful it is. That a Muslim opens up his day in the morning with these objectives, supplicating to Allah for these three affairs, that his day, it is spent upon gaining beneficial knowledge of Allah and the religion, and how to practice and how to worship, 
and gaining that halal income and the accepted righteous actions. فَقَوْلُ الْمُسْلِمِ فِي كُلِّ صَبَاحِ So the Muslim, when he makes this statement every morning, Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a wa rizqan tayyiba wa amalan mutaqabbala that oh, I ask you Allah, oh Allah I ask you for beneficial knowledge and halal income, a good income and the accepted and righteous actions. You are then essentially making dua to Allah. Asking Allah to make it easy for you to gain that beneficial knowledge during the day. To make it easy for you to achieve that halal income for the day. To make it easy for you to do the righteous actions that are accepted, the good worship for that day. And to make the difficulties in that affair facilitated and easy for you. So you can achieve those goals. وَتَأَمَّلْ كَيْفَ بَدَأَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ هَذَا بِسُؤَالِ اللَّهِ الْعِلْمَ النَّافِعِ Notice how the Prophet ﷺ started this dua with the issue of beneficial knowledge. Asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for beneficial knowledge even before his rizq and even before the accepted actions. And that is because Knowledge precedes those other affairs. It is knowledge that comes first, then your statements and actions and everything else. As Imam al-Bukhari said, Al-ilmu qabla al-qawli wal-amal. Knowledge comes before statements and actions. So in order to achieve the halal income, you need to have knowledge of the types of business that are halal and how to gain the halal income and what is not permissible and interest. And though You need to have knowledge. Have knowledge of those affairs so that you can go out and achieve the halal income. As for the righteous actions that are going to be accepted from you, then you need to have knowledge of what is the sunnah. What are the righteous and correct actions of worship so that you do them in accordance to the sunnah so that they may be acceptable. So everything else is based upon beneficial knowledge. وَفِي هَذَا إِشَارَةٌ إِلَىٰ أَنَّ الْعِلْمَ النَّافِعِ مُقَدَّمٌ وَبِهِ يُبْدَأ كَمَا قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ فَاعْلَمَ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ as Allah said in the Qur'an, know, know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and then seek forgiveness for your sins. And for the believers, the men and the women. Seeking forgiveness came after the knowledge. Know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Knowledge. Then upon that knowledge came the action of seeking forgiveness. This is therefore an indication that knowledge comes before statements and actions. وَفِي الْبَدْءِ بِالْعِلْمِ النَّافِعِ حِكْمَةٌ ظَاهِرَةٌ لَا تَخْفَى عَلَى الْمُتَأَمِّلِ And... By starting with beneficial knowledge first, there is a great wisdom that is not hidden to anybody who thinks about that. With beneficial knowledge, that's how you are able to distinguish 
between the good and the righteous actions and the actions that are not good and righteous. وَيَسْتَضِعُ أَنْ يُمَيِّزَ بَيْنَ الرِّزْقِ الطَّيِّبِ وَغَيْرِ الطَّيِّبِ And you are then with that beneficial knowledge of the religion able to determine what is the halal and good income and what is the haram and impermissible income. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ فَإِنَّ الْأُمُورَ قَدْ تَخْتَلِطُ عَلَيْهِ فَيَقُومُ بِالْعَمَلِ بِحَسَبِهِ صَالِحًا نَافِعًا So as for a person who doesn't have that beneficial knowledge, then he may end up doing actions, فَيَقُومُ بِالْعَمَلِ يَحْسَبُهُ صَالِحًا نَافِعًا That he thinks is good. A person without knowledge will go and do actions that he thinks are maybe good, but in reality they are not. He thinks something is halal as an income, but in reality it's haram. He thinks something is a good action of worship, in reality it's a bid'ah. That's why the beneficial knowledge precedes your statements and actions. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا Shall we inform you of those who are in loss with their actions? الَّذِينَ ظَلَّ سَعِيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يَحْسِنُونَ صُنْعًا Those ones who are misguided in their striving in this worldly life They are striving and going after things in this worldly life, thinking that what they are doing is good. They think that what they are doing is good. And the reality is they are misguided and astray. And that is because they have not gained the beneficial knowledge prior to doing their actions They have not gained the beneficial knowledge and so they've ended up doing things they think are good and in reality they are not. وَقَدْ يَقْتَسِبُ رِزْقًا وَمَالًا وَيَظُنُّهُ طَيِّبًا مُفِيدًا وَهُوَ فِي حَقِيقَتِهِ خَبِيثٌ ضَارٌ وَلَيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ سَبِيلٌ إِلَى التَّمْيِيزِ بَيْنَ النَّافِعِ وَالضَّارِ وَالطَّيِّبِ وَالْخَبِيثِ إِلَّا بِالْعِلْمِ النَّافِعِ So there's no way for a person to distinguish between the good and the bad, except through knowledge. Having the beneficial knowledge, that is what is required. Otherwise you cannot distinguish between what is beneficial and what is harmful, what is good and what is bad. وَلِهَذَا تَكَافَرَتْ النُّصُوصِ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَتَضَافَرَتِ الْأَدِلَّةُ فِي الْحَثِّ عَلَى طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ وَالتَّرْغِيبِ فِي تَحْصِيلِهِ وَبَيَانِ فَضْلِ مَنْ سَلَكَ سَبِيلَهِ That's why there are so many texts, so many evidences in the Qur'an and the Sunnah that tell us about seeking knowledge. The importance of seeking knowledge. Because with that knowledge, you are then able to worship Allah properly. With that knowledge, you are able to distinguish between the good and the bad. With that knowledge, you can distinguish how to worship Allah properly and not do bid'ah and misguidances. And so Allah said in the Quran, for example, قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ إِنَّمَا يَتَذَكَّرُ أُولُ الْأَلْبَابِ Say, are they equal the ones who know and the ones who do not know? Are they equal the ones who have knowledge and the ones who do not? Then of course they are not equal. The ones who have knowledge of Allah, they have knowledge of their religion, they have knowledge of how to worship Allah. That knowledge makes them superior to somebody who is jahil, somebody who is ignorant, somebody who has not gained knowledge of the religion, has not gained knowledge of the Qur'an and the sunnah. And that type of individual cannot be at the level of the person who is knowledgeable, who has learned and is striving to learn the Qur'an and learn the sunnah, so that he can worship Allah upon understanding and knowledge.
And there are many, many other texts similar to that, highlighting the importance of seeking knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants goodness for, then Allah gives him knowledge of the religion. And it mentions also in the ayat and the hadith, in the hadith the Prophet said, مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَلْتَمِسُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا اللَّهُ لَهُ بِهِ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ Whomsoever treads upon a pathway seeking by it knowledge, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes his pathway to paradise easy. These are all examples of encouragement to seek knowledge, examples uh, of encouragement for the believers to strive for knowledge, to seek knowledge, to have knowledge of their religion. And so that's why the first thing the Prophet ﷺ used to ask for in the dua after the Fajr prayer in the morning was for beneficial knowledge. Asking Allah for beneficial knowledge. عِلْمًا نَافِعًا فِيهِ دَلَالَةً عَلَىٰ This is important to recognize now. The Prophet ﷺ used to ask Allah for beneficial knowledge. Not just any knowledge. There are two types of knowledge that means. There is the general knowledge of no real benefit. And then there is the beneficial knowledge. There is the, the general knowledge which you may have some benefit in it here and there. The general affairs of knowledge. But then there is the beneficial knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ used to ask for the beneficial knowledge. Because there is knowledge that is beneficial and therefore there is knowledge that is not beneficial. And too many people, they spend their time on knowledge that is not beneficial. And these days, because of the way that social media is, and the platforms that are available, a person might sit there for hours and hours watching YouTube, hours and hours on their Facebook. And he says, yeah, but I'm learning about this and learning about that, and I watched a video on this and a video on that, and I saw an article on this, and I saw this, and I saw that on Facebook, and all the different social media. And all of those hours and hours that he spent on all of those uh, videos and uh, uh, whatever it might be, it is going to fall under generally the beneficial knowledge or the other knowledge. <coughs> the other knowledge, it is going to fall under knowledge that isn't beneficial for you. You could sit there for hours and hours watching YouTube videos on a particular issue. And that issue, that hours worth of viewing what has it benefited you in reality? Have you now become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Has your knowledge of how to worship Allah improved? Has your knowledge of how to do ibadah improved? Has your knowledge of your religion improved? The reality is people absolutely waste their time. Waste their time on all of these social media platforms hours and hours on videos and newspapers and this and that and all types of things, hours and hours. And that is not going to come under al-ilm nafi' beneficial knowledge. So here the shaykh says there are two types of knowledge that means. Because the messenger used to specifically ask for ilman nafi'an, for beneficial knowledge. Therefore, this shows that there is ilmun nafi' and there is ilmun laysa bi nafi' Knowledge that is beneficial and knowledge that is not beneficial. So a Muslim needs to be very careful when you are gaining knowledge, 
What is it that you are actually looking into? What is it that you are actually watching? What is it you're wasting your hours and hours on? Is it really al-ilmun nafi' Beneficial knowledge that increases your knowledge of Allah, increases your knowledge of the religion, increases your knowledge of how to worship? Or is it only worldly affairs and worldly matters of this and that? A Muslim needs to be very miserly when it comes to your time. Need to be very miserly when it comes to your time. How can a person have time to spend hours and hours on things that are not going to be from al-ilmun nafi' that is going to be in the end a waste of time for you? So the Shaykh says, أَعَظَمُ الْعِلْمِ النَّافِعِ مَا يَنَالُ بِهِ الْمُسْلِمُ الْقُرْبَ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمَعْرِفَ بِدِينِهِ The greatest of knowledge is the knowledge that gains closeness to Allah for you. That you gain closeness to Allah via that knowledge. And knowledge that increases your understanding of your religion. So when a person is spending his time on all of this social media, you should think, is this knowledge, is all of this that I'm watching and reading increasing my connection to Allah? Or is it increasing my knowledge of my religion and how to worship Allah? If the answer is no to those questions, then stop wasting your time on it. And go and use your time on beneficial knowledge, on Quran, on Hadith, on the lectures of the scholars. How does a person possibly have time with all of the beneficial knowledge that is out there? Al-Bukhari now, how many of us have read Bukhari from beginning to end yet? All of those authentic hadith before Bukhari, the Qur'an. How many of us have not just read the Qur'an beginning to end, but understood it all? Read the meanings of every single ayah, every single section. <coughs> so we've understood all of the Qur'an. How many of us have done that even? And yet people have time for social media, they have time for YouTube videos, they have time for this and that and all these other useless things. And you have not even read the speech of Allah properly cover to cover yet in the Mus'haf. You have not even understood all of the chapters of the Qur'an and what Allah is telling us. And how does a person have time for social media and YouTube and the rest of it? This is why the scholars are always and constantly advising about the usage of time carefully. That a Muslim doesn't waste his time. You use your time in the best possible way to increase your knowledge of Allah and your religion in beneficial knowledge. So then, the best of the knowledge is the knowledge that brings you closer to Allah. And the knowledge that increases your understanding of your religion. وَالْبَصِيرَةِ بِسَبِيلِ الْحَقِّ الَّذِي يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَسِيرَ عَلَيْهِ And the knowledge that gives you greater insight upon the methodology you should be treading upon as a Muslim. وَتَأَمَّلْ فِي هَذَا قَوْلِ اللَّهِ قَوْلَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And focus on the statement of Allah regarding this affair. قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ نُورٌ وَكِتَابٌ مُّبِينٌ يَهْدِي بِهِ اللَّهُ مَنِ اتَّبَعَ رِضْوَانَهُ سُبُلَ السَّلَامِ وَيُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُورِ بِإِذْنِهِ وَيَهْدِيهِمْ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٌ That indeed, there has come to you a light and a clear book from Allah. Allah guides with it whoever follows His pleasure upon the paths to safety and uh, pleasure and soundness. He takes them out from the darkness into light by His permission and guides them to the straight path. فَحَرِيٌّ بِالْمُسْلِمِ فِي يَوْمِهِ أَنْ يَعْتَنِيَ بِالْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ وَبِمُضَاكَرَتِهِ وَمُدَارَسَتِهِ وَأَنْ يَعْتَنِيَ بِسُنَّةِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْمُبَيِّنَةِ لَهُ الشَّارِحَةِ لِدَلَالَاتِهِ لِدَلَالَاتِهِ وَمَقَاصِدِهِ So the shaykh says, what is suitable for a person is that he uses his time on the Qur'an. He uses his time on the speech of Allah in learning it, in studying it, in understanding it. And that he uses his time upon the sunnah of the Prophet 
Like we said, how many of us have gone through all of Bukhari? Have read through Sahih al-Bukhari cover to cover. Read through all of those authentic narrations and hadith. Learned about the sunnah. And instead, we have all the spare time apparently for YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all these other social media things. How does a person have time for those things when you have not even read the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim yet? You have not even read the Qur'an fully with its meanings and understood it yet. This is the calamity that occurs where the priorities are completely mixed up and the way of the talib al-ilm is not implemented and the guidance and the advice of the scholars and the tarbiyah of the scholars as to how a talib al-ilm should be with his time, how the Muslim should be with his time, it is lost amongst the people and the whisperings of the, the, uh, the, the dunya and the shaitan with all of these uh, social media and platforms and so easily dragged away and sucked away into those things. So then the first thing, take note of it, the first thing the messenger used to make dua for every morning was beneficial knowledge. And there are some other narrations where actually he used to seek refuge from knowledge that does not benefit. To keep protected from knowledge that wastes your time and is of no use to you. The second thing, rizqan tayyiban. The halal and good income. Good rizq. This therefore indicates also that there can be halal rizq and there can be haram rizq. The messenger used to ask Allah for the halal rizq, for the halal income. Wallahu ta'ala tayyibun la yaqbalu illa tayyiba. And Allah is tayyib, meaning upon all of the goodness, and only accepts the goodness, only accepts the good things, does not accept the khabith, does not accept the incorrect and false. وَقَدْ أَمَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the believers with the same thing that He commanded the messengers with. And so He said to them, يَا أَيُّهَا الرُّسُلُ كُلُوا مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَعْمَلُوا صَالِحًا O messengers, eat from the good and the halal and do the righteous actions. The scholars, they say, a person who eats from the good (coughs) and the halal, his income is from the good and the halal means, not from the haram and the interest and the gambling and all the haram, not the haram from the good and the halal income. That type of person who eats from the good and the halal income, it increases his physical energy in his body, increases his ability to worship Allah. As opposed to a person who has haram income, and therefore eats from the haram, it makes his body lazy. And so he cannot do the worship as good as somebody with the pure and halal income. Scholars have mentioned that one of the consequences of the haram income and eating from the haram is that it makes you lazy in your body. And it does not give you energy to worship Allah and to be upon obedience and prayer because of that halal, that you, because of that haram, the khabith that you are putting into your body. So Allah says in the Quran, Ya ladina amanu kulum min tayyibati ma razaqanakum. O oh, you who believe, eat from the good and the halal that we have provided for you. وَقَدْ بَعَثَ اللَّهُ نَبِيَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عِلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِالتَّحْلِيلِ الطَّيِّبِ وَالتَّحْرِيمِ الْخَبِيثِ And Allah sent the messenger to make the good things halal and the bad things haram. وَيُحِلُّ لَهُمُ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَيُحَرِّمُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْخَبَائِثِ As it mentions that the messenger made the good and the halal, uh, made the good things halal for them, and the khabith and the bad things haram for them. فَحَرِيٌّ بِالْمُسْلِمِ فِي يَوْمِهِ أَنْ يَتَحَرَّ الْمَالَ الطَّيِّبَ وَالْحَلَالِ وَالرِّزْقَ السَّلِيمَ النَّافِعِ وَيَحْضَرَ أَشَدَّ الْحَضَرَ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ الْخَبِيثَةِ وَالْمَكَاسِبِ الْمُحَرَّمَةِ So it is worthy of a Muslim that during his day he strives to achieve the halal and good income and the sound and beneficial rizq and that he takes precaution in the most severe way from the haram income and the haram uh, 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 rizq that he may take. 
And the third thing that the messenger used to make dua for, the third and final part, عَمَلًا مُتَقَبَّلًا Meaning, عَمَلًا صَالِحًا That he used to ask Allah for righteous actions. That he perform the good and the righteous actions in that day. فيه إشارة إلى أنه ليس كل عمل يتقرب العبد به إلى الله يكون متقبلا بل المتقبل من العمل هو صالح فقط. This also indicates that a person may do lots of actions but not all of them will be accepted. Allah may not accept all of your actions. You have to do the righteous and good actions. Not the actions that are done upon bid'ah, upon no sunnah, upon opposition to the sunnah, but actions and worship that you do in accordance to the Qur'an and the sunnah, in accordance to the, what the religion has told us, they are going to be the good and righteous actions that you do with sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet used to ask Allah to make it easy for him to do the good and righteous and sincere worship and actions for his sake. والصالح هو ما كان لله وحده على هدي سنة نبيه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم. And as we know that the righteous actions, they are the ones that are upon sincerity, al-ikhlas, and upon al-mutaba'a, following the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. It says in the Qur'an, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah created death and life to test you which of you are the best in your actions. Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad, he said, the best of your actions, i.e. أَخْلَصُهُ وَأَصْوَبُهُ The most sincere of them and the most accurate of them upon the sunnah. قيل يا أبا علي وما أخلصه وأصوبه. They said to him, What do you mean about the most sincere and the most correct? قال إن العمل إذا كان خالصا ولم يكن صوابا لم يقبل. He said, If you do an action that is sincere, but it is not accurate according to the Sunnah, then it won't be accepted. وإذا كان صوابا ولم يكن خالصا لم يقبل. And if you do an action that is upon the Sunnah but not with sincerity. Then that won't be accepted either. حَتَّى يَكُونَ خَالِصًا صَوَابًا It will only be accepted if it is sincere and correct according to the sunnah. وَالْخَالِصُ مَا كَانَ لِلَّهِ وَالصَّوَابُ مَا كَانَ عَلَى السُنَّةِ And the sincere action is what you do purely for Allah. And the correct action is what you do according to the sunnah. فَهَذَا دُعَاءٌ عَظِيمٌ نَفْعٍ عَظِيمٌ نَفْعٍ كَبِيرٌ الْفَائِدَةِ So this is a great dua, tremendous dua with great benefit in it. يَحْسُنُ بِالْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يُحَافِظَ عَلَيْهِ كُلَّ صَبَاحٍ تَأَسِّيًا بِالنَّبِيِّ الْكَرِيمِ صلى الله عليه وسلم Every Muslim should guard over this dua and say it every morning, asking Allah for beneficial knowledge, for the good and halal income, and for the righteous actions. And you do that every morning, emulating the Prophet ﷺ. ثُمَّ يُتْبِعُ الدُّعَاءَ بِالْعَمَلِ Then after you make this dua, go and strive during that day for that goodness. فَيَجْمَعُ بَيْنَ الدُّعَاءِ وَبَذْلِ الْأَسْبَابِ So that way you make the dua, then you go and take the means. You don't just make the dua, Allah give me the righteous income and the halal rizq, but then sit at home doing nothing. Go and do it then. Go and seek the good and the halal income. Go and seek knowledge. Don't just say, Allah, give me the beneficial knowledge, but you don't open up any book. You don't go to any lesson. You don't do nothing. Make the dua, then go and do it. Go and take the means. This is what a person does. Makes the dua and takes the means that Allah has provided. لِيَنَالْ هَذِهِ الْخَيْرَاتِ الْعَظِيمَةِ وَلَفْضَالِ الْكَرِيمَةِ وَاللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ الْمُوَفِّقُ وَالْمُعِينَ عَلَى كُلِّ خَيْرٍ So when a person makes that dua and then strives for those affairs, that's what will bring him goodness in his affairs and all these virtues and these tremendous amounts of good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives success and aids a person to do all that good.
So this is a tremendous dua and it is a short one. Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a wa rizqan tayyiba wa amalan mutakabbala. That's it, a few words to make that dua every morning after the fajr prayer. And look at how much goodness is in that dua for what a person is asking for. That brings us to the end of that particular dua. It's uh, slightly short, but that is the dua for 118. Any questions on that particular dua? In the chapters that are coming up next, uh, there's one more dua, but then after that it's going to mention specifically the virtues of the morning time. There are virtues for the morning time, for the Fajr time. The Arabs have a saying that it's only the women who sleep after Fajr. Or, or something along those lines. That it's a, it's a criticism, dispraiseworthy, that a man goes to sleep after Fajr. Lazy. That's laziness. It is not known from the Arabs that they do that. From historically, the day begins at Fajr. Not just the Arabs, even in our subcontinental areas and those countries. Our forefathers, after Fajr, you go out to the fields and you work. That's how it used to be. That's the way that has been known to the people. And so it is a virtuous time, that morning time. It is not a time of sleep. It is a time of virtue in the morning. And there's going to be some chapters coming up talking about the morning time after Fajr, and the favors and the virtues of that time, and the rewards of that time. And then after that, it's going to move on to the chapters regarding the night time, and specifically the du'as of the night time. So we have those du'as coming up, inshallah ta'ala. Anything else then up to there? Any questions, anything to add? Yeah, the morning adhkar, adhkar al-sabah, they should be done <coughs> after the fajr prayer, al-fajr before the fajr, after the fajr prayer, before sunrise. That is the time for adhkar al-sabah. But if a person got busy or he forgot or something, you can still do them in the morning as well, after sunrise. It's, it's allowed. But the best time after fajr, before sunrise. Evening after Asr, before sunset. After the Asr, before the Maghrib. That's the best time. Again, if somebody forgot or they got late, you can do it after Maghrib as well. But the Adhkar al Masa, after Asr, before Maghrib. Hmm. In the summer months, when the nights are very short, you stay up after Fajr. It might be that you have three, four hours of sleep. No, of course, uh, that's the way it is here. Uh, it's not possible to get around that. So you have to sleep. But a person still could organize his schedule perhaps to the best of his ability. You pray your fajr, maybe you have half an hour or so still. Uh, sometime if it's possible to do some adhkar, to do some uh, uh, Quran. And then you sleep again for two or three hours before your workday starts. That's the way it is here in this country and the timings. Nothing can be done about that. But at least the winter months... All of that uh, uh, time in the months of winter is available, at least. Anybody else? Um, when reading some fatawa from scholars, uh, some of them at the end say that the hukam is halal, others say the hukam is haram, and uh, other times they say it's mandub. What does the word mandub mean? <coughs> mandub in the al-ahkam, uh, al-khamsa, when they talk about the five rulings, mandub is a, a bit like something which is mustahab, something that is recommended. Mandub, it is recommended to do something. And if you uh, look at it from the angle of the mustahab in the in the usul al-fiqh, they say then that is ma yuthabu fa'iluhu wa la yu'aqab tarikuhu. That the person who does it is rewarded for doing it, and a person who doesn't do it won't get punishment for not doing it. 
So a mandub, it depends where you look at it. The fuqaha, they have their definition for mandub. The muhaddithun have their definition of mandub. It can be different. But basically it is like a sunnah. Some action that is masnoon, it is mustahab. It is something recommended that you should do, but it's not at the level of wajib. It is below the level of wajib. Anybody else? You know, for this supplication, is it better to start by praising Allah and saying, No, yeah, this doesn't mean that it's immediately after the uh, prayer. It doesn't necessitate immediately after the salam. This was the first thing. You have all of those different adhkar we've been talking about that can be done after the fajr prayer. So all of those are going to be done. It doesn't necessitate this is the first one immediately. There are others that I mentioned you're supposed to do the, the tasbih and other things after the prayer. So you do all of those and then this is one of them that is done after the taslim as well. Is it better to praise Allah and say salam and then say the or just say the salam? Yeah, there are all the, even the tasbih and the tahli, all the subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allah akbar, those kind of things will be done first as well. You do all of those, the adhkar that are mentioned after the prayer immediately, and then this comes after them as well into that group of adhkar. Um, when working in front of somebody who's praying, uh, is it okay to just keep space so that he needs for prayer and then walk in front of him? Or I shouldn't be walking in front of him at all? When you pray, we know that you're supposed to have a sutra. And that sutra has to be to the mawdi' al-sujood. Up to the amount that you're going to prostrate. Then at that point should be your sutra. You should have some sutra. A person shouldn't pray without sutra. But if somebody prayed and he has no sutra, if you're walking, do not walk in the mawdi' al-sujood. Up to where he's going to prostrate. Beyond that, if you're going to walk, like he's praying here now, so up to this first chair, you shouldn't walk here. But over there... At the back, ahead of him, you walk down there. That's got nothing to do with his prayer now. You're not cutting his prayer. You're walking well ahead of him down there. But don't walk right in front of him up to where he's going to prostrate. That meter or two or whatever it is, that area, you don't cut him across. So sometimes before Salah, in the masjid, so there's no... The sofas, so in the middle of the masjid, there's no like, sutra in front of the first row. Before they give the iqamah for salah, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be within the next minute, 30 seconds. So if you, there's a good chance that if you start praying, you'll have to break your salah. Uh, and you'll have to move back into the sof. Is it okay to pray in the first row without the sutra? In the first row? Yeah, that, so that's where you, you're standing. The, the salah is in the no, if, if you walk in that late, you know, for example, there's a mosque, they pray on their timetable. And they have the clocks and everything these days. And you can see there's 30 seconds left, they're going to do the iqama and they're going to start. That's what they do every day. So if you walk in with 30 seconds left, you're not even supposed to start praying. Then you just stand and wait. You know, they have clocks in all these mosques these days. And uh, they have the timetable, 7.30 Asia. As soon as 7.30, they don't delay. Many mosques these days, that's it. The person gets up, does the iqama. They're even standing up waiting sometimes. They even stand up, wait, and there's like a 7, 29, 52, 53, 54, 55, 59. That's it. As soon as it goes, he picks up the mic, does the iqama. If you know a mosque is like that, if you walk in now, there's 30 seconds left, then you don't stop praying. Then you stand, stand and wait. You know he's going to start in 30 seconds for sure. So in that case, you don't. But if you walk in, there's maybe two minutes left, three minutes left. As Shaykh Al-Athameen says, pray then, but make it light. You know, make your prayer light. Don't make it a long prayer. Make it a shortened kind of prayer. You can fit in before the iqama and the prayer starts. If you did start praying and you got late and they did the iqama, As Shaykh Al-Athameen says, if you're in your second raka'ah, then just finish it, you know, fairly quickly-ish. Do, it, do everything properly, but quickly-ish finish your second raka'ah and join the prayer. If you're still in your first rak'ah and you hear the iqamah, then the shaykh says, break your prayer off. Because there's no way you're going to finish your prayer. They're only going to be reading their fatiha, doing their prayer. Then you just break yours and join in with them. Is sutra wajib? Yeah, I mean, you know, the statements of the scholars over the issue of the sutra, whether it's absolutely obligatory or not, and some scholars may say it is not an absolute obligation, but the opinions and the uh, hadith and everything indicate that it is something that should be done. You shouldn't, by choice, just decide to pray without a sutra. Sutra is anything which starts from the ground, has to be from the ground, going upwards, 
some type of object, any object that you put in front of you from the ground upwards. So, huh? Some type of barrier. You could have, uh, like the Prophet ﷺ, it says, his sutra used to be the size of the back of the, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Saddle, saddle. On the horse, when you put the saddle on the horse and you sit on it, the back of the saddle, it sticks up when you sit on it. How far is that? About here. About your arm. From the elbow there, about that big. So the sutra is about that big. That's all you have to have. That big and the width, it can be nothing. It can be thin. No problem. But the height has to be about this high at least. So you put it into the ground, something in front of you of that height. The uh, width doesn't matter. It could be thin like this. You could put your, like if you have a big book about this high, you can put it that way and pray. Sutra. Then people can walk in front, no problem. So you're supposed to have some type of sutra. It can be a stick. The Prophet ﷺ used to have a stick sometimes. Just put a stick in the ground, a thin stick, and then just pray to that. That's a sutra. It doesn't have to be wide. It can be thin, but as long as it is at least that height. Put it in front at the end of your prostration, Mawdi' Sujood, and then you pray there. People can walk across any be, anything beyond that. What if the masjid? Let's say you go to the masjid, not during the prayer time, but in between, let's say in Ramadan, etc. Mm. So you pray to the masjid, and then for some reason you come back out of the masjid, and then you just need to go back to your cars and then you come back in. Do you have to keep repeating? If it's a minor thing like that, the scholars, they say you don't have to repeat it. When do you repeat that? No, that's a relative thing. There's no way to give a number on it. But the scholars, they say, if it's a minor exit, like what you just said, that you come into the mosque, you pay to head masjid, you're sitting in the mosque, then you remember you left your phone in the car. So you're literally going to go out for 10 seconds, just your car parked outside the mosque, open it, get the phone, come back in again. You don't have to, you don't have to pay to head masjid for that. But if something properly, you, have to, you remember, you left it at home. So now you're going to get in your car, you're going to drive three or four minutes to your house, pick it up, come back, now to head masjid again. Hmm. The timings are, you know, they are es- like estimates that they make. It is a rough estimate of the times. I don't think many people actually go out and look for the sunrise and those things. But uh, some of these mosques, their timetables are not very good. Some of these mosques, their timetables are definitely the Ramadan timetables. Don't follow their, uh, some of these mosques. Some of these mosques, the Ramadan timetable, the uh, uh, time for the suhoor is, is, is even before before the time for Isha. Suhoor first, then Isha. That's how they do it. It's, uh, you can't follow them. So the brothers here in Leeds, you can ask some of them, they'll give you the most accurate one, which mosque has the most accurate one. But some of these mosques, if you follow their timetable, the imsak is like 1 a.m. or something. And uh, the sunrise is maybe 6 a.m. But imsak is 1 a.m. It's, it's ajib. It's, uh, the timetables are wrong. So uh, ask the brothers here in Leeds. They will know which mosque has the most accurate timetable, the most closest timetable. You can follow that one. Yeah. All right, we'll conclude upon that for today. Inshallah, next week again we'll target 8.30. Always a target, but today there was roadworks and everything as well. But inshallah.